your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Kahn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow my co-host, Cammie, at Cammie Angie. You follow the show, LO underscore the Longhorns. Cammie, full day. It's Wednesday, 73 days to kick off. Are you getting even more excited by the day? I'm, I'm in, I'm, it's, the hype is building up for me getting ready for college football so i'm hoping that it's still on in 73 days i know me too and i think the hype is increasing because um baseball sounds like it's returning uh very soon actually so i think that's a good sign for every other sport in terms of the upcoming seasons so uh yeah hopefully we're just 73 days away yeah and we'll get a little bit uh into that in in a little bit as far as baseball coming back uh that that is pretty exciting uh, to finally have a professional sports league who is right. getting ready to kick it off. And at least I should say an American sports league because uh, outside of NASCAR, I mean, there's been some, some international baseball with the Korean baseball organization mm-hmm. and, you know, English premier soccer, things of that nature. But we're, we're, we're wanting American sports back on our televisions once again. And, and we'll really dive into that in a little bit, but you know, uh, wanted to see yesterday Colin Coward. Now, Colin Coward to me has become Skip Bayless, has become Stephen A. Smith, where it's just like hot take after hot take. And yesterday he broke down his top college football programs into two different tiers. And it really caught my eye because I saw a glaring omission in tier one and kind of wanted to get your thoughts on it. Uh, so he breaks it out like this. Tier one is Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, and USC. Oof. My first thought is USC hasn't been relevant since they paid Reggie Bush all that money. Yeah, I, I that's hard because I can kind of see why they belong there, and I can um, definitely see why they don't in terms of, of recent success. I think, obviously, um, it's usually a top program, and if they can recruit well, in California, I think they could um, get back up there, I guess, in the future. But uh, they just haven't been relevant enough recently. And I also have a problem with Oklahoma up there because even though they kind of have been more relevant, I just don't think it's a top program in general. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of fallen on hard times. You know, the uh, they they've been passed up in in that in the Pac-12 by Oregon. They've been passed up, it seems, by like Utah seems to uh, do better. I mean, if you if you talk about all time, yes, they have eleven national championships, right? So right. I can understand that. Uh, what about a team like Oklahoma? Do you think Oklahoma belongs in the conversation? I mean, I, they have been in the college football playoffs the last several years. Yeah. Um... But they haven't really done anything in the college football playoffs either. And when I think of top college football programs, I don't think that's one that just jumps out at me. I look at the bigger programs like Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson, um, things like that. And I know Texas can kind of be considered up there in that tier. But uh, Georgia even, I think I would put Georgia ahead of Oklahoma. I think I would put Clemson ahead of Oklahoma. So um, I think they're, I guess I would say top five or six. But I, I don't know if I would put them in that top tier when you're talking about Ohio State and Alabama. Yeah, let's let's talk about the teams that should be up there. Uh, hello, Clemson. Uh, glaring omission for me. Yeah, that 
Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I know it's all time, but you have to think about it. just in the last, you know, five years, two national championships. Uh, they've been the national championship finalists in 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so like to me, like that was my question. Like, is this an all time list or is this a current list? Because if it's a current list, Clemson should be up there. Right. I agree. LSU, yeah. LSU I guess- should be up there. Yeah, I guess. Ooh, wow. I didn't even mention LSU earlier. Yeah, they definitely should be in tier one. And I think that's uh, the most confusing about this list is because we don't know if they're kind of going by relevancy or uh, storied programs from the past or things like that. But LSU and Clemson are kind of no brainers. If I would have to pick a top four in tier one, it would be Alabama, Ohio State, uh, LSU and Clemson, probably. Yeah, the teams in, in tier two, according to Colin Cowherd, were Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Penn State, Texas, Oregon, and Notre Dame. Wow, that's a lot in Tier 2. At the top of Tier 2, I would probably put uh, the Georgia, Texas, Florida. Um, Obviously, I didn't think Oklahoma should be in Tier 1. I would probably put them at the top of Tier 2, but Florida State even. um, The rest are fairly realistic, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're fairly realistic, but I, I was still like, when I was looking at it, I was just like, I don't know about all this. It's, it doesn't seem right to me. I, I, it, it didn't seem like it, it all fit. Um, but let's move on to something that ESPN has been posting. So recently, in recent weeks, months, ESPN has been doing this series of the most whatever player of the top 25 or projected top 25. And it started when they did the breakout star, which we talked about with Jordan Whittington and mm-hmm. moving to a new role, and he's highly touted. And I mean, we saw what he did in the state championship game. Right. Uh, he's very much a, a big time player, or at least he was coming out of high school, and they're hoping that it translates, and especially with the new position, new offense coordinator, a lot is expected of him. And then they moved on to the most exciting player, and they went with Deshaun Jameson, uh, mm-hmm. given his ability to take the ball away punt returns, kick returns. We've seen him on a lot of lists as far as um, preseason teams, like all-conference teams, whatever. And and so I think we both agree that Deshaun Jameson is a very exciting player. Yeah, I think he's your true playmaker, and he's one of the, I guess, most experienced players that will be on Ash's defense this upcoming year. So obviously everyone's expecting a a major year out of him. And as much as he's been included on some lists, he's surprisingly not been included on a few. Um, They recently ranked the, uh, not ESPN, but I think it was College Football News or something, recently ranked the top 30 players in the Big 12, and he wasn't even on there. So I thought that was a little crazy. I would have put him and Caden Stearns both on there, and they were both – um, absent from that list but yeah I think it just goes without saying that he's going to have a major year this season yeah one of the guys that was listed on there at number 25 was a guy named Joseph Asai and ESPN is named Joseph Asai the most unheralded star of the Texas Longhorns defense so I'm going to pose this question to you Cammy. Mm-hmm. can you be unheralded but be called a defensive MVP of a ball game uh, well I, I kind of agree with it because I guess that was kind of his breakout game, that bowl game, and it just um, provided a lot of potential and excitement, obviously, for the upcoming season when they're uh, with them changing that defensive scheme. So uh, I think he's still not proven. So um, 
I think he kind of fits in this spot right now. And just going by um, even his NFL draft hype and what they're expecting out of him at the Jack position this year, I think um, is worthy of being, I guess, named that player. Yeah. Well, the, the problem I had with it is you say unheralded and, and it makes me wonder if ESPN actually watched Joseph Asai play last year, right? Yeah, led the team in tackles, led mm-hmm. the team in tackles for loss, led the team. And in he also quietly, I feel like, led the team in tackles. So it wasn't that everyone was going around saying, "Oh, Asai led the team in tackles," or "Oh, every single game." No one was really talking about him last year. So I think he quietly led the team in tackles, and then um, those, I guess, who don't watch closely or don't watch Texas games very often or things like that, I think they're going to start hearing about him a lot more this season. I, you know, I think a lot of people, and you talked about that a little bit about the defense, you know, that we know the names that everybody wanted to talk about last year, Caden Stearns, B.J. Foster, uh, Deshaun Jameson with his three interceptions last season, his first year playing on the defensive side of the ball, Malcolm mm-hmm. Roach, uh, Keandre Coburn, Taquan Graham. I mean, the, you know, I think those are a lot. Jawan Mitchell, you could throw him in there as well. You know, there was a lot of talk about these other guys. Um, but you're right. Maybe it was quiet. Um, but I guess for those of us who cover Texas football, it wasn't actually quiet on our end. Um, you know, he, right. he was the guy that we we saw uh, make plays. And it, it's kind of funny because if you're a linebacker and you wear number 46, it seems like people in Texas know who you are. Yeah, and I was just going to mention, I think everyone, I guess, surrounding the Texas program or in the Austin community kind of knows the potential of certain players on defense, and everyone kind of felt like they were being held back. I know a lot of former players have uh, talked about that quite a bit, Um, but I think the new defensive scheme will definitely unleash their potential. Yeah, I think that it's it's a definite thing that it will unleash the potential, and you know, I wrote about, you know, Joseph Asai for instance, about the new Jack position, what's going to be expected of him. So, you know, I, I think that there's a lot of hype surrounding him. And I think as the season progresses, you're going to hear more and more NFL draft hype surrounding Osai because he's kind of under the radar right now. Everybody's focused on Samuel Cosme and Caden Stearns, if you paid attention to recent mock drafts. Uh, but, you know, he's a guy that I think will be talked about a lot. But coming up next, we're actually going to get into – uh, some Vince Young talk about turning down the Heisman. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar has changed the game in the energy bars. It's fantastic. I'm talking 100 calories, seven times less sugar, sometimes less carbs than the leading competitor. It tastes great. Great post-workout energy. You're not washing it down with 16 gallons of water. I mean, it's one of those things. Grab it and go. If you're on the go, you need a quick snack. Just reach into your bag and grab your Bilt Bar. Hopefully, you got the mint brownie or the peanut butter brownie in your bag because those are fantastic. I want you to try it out. Go to BiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. They're giving you $10 off your first box. But also, if you want to get more than that, maybe two boxes, 35% off. You get four boxes. It's 50% off. You're getting four boxes for the price of two. Who doesn't love saving money and getting healthy at the same time? And right now, all their proceeds are going 100% are going to organizations that are helping fight racism that are helping fight social injustice. You got to check it out. Go to billbar.com. Make sure you try it out and let me know what you think. What's your favorite flavor? I promise you're not going to be disappointed with the product that you get. Cammy, I don't know if you really listen to the Pat McAfee show. 
Um, I, I always see some clips on Twitter about it, and I try and listen when I can, but no, I don't necessarily tune into it very often. I love Pat McAfee. I mean, if, if you He's know hilarious, <laughs> if you know who he is, I mean, yeah, the college football analyst, uh, but I, I loved him when he played for the Colts. Yeah. He was a very funny guy. And well, you know, he's kind of building a brand when it comes to college football and covering pro football. But he recently had Reggie Bush on his show with AJ Hawk and Pat McAfee. Mm-hmm. And Reggie Bush confirmed that Vince Young turned down the Heisman when they stripped Reggie Bush of it and tried to give it to Vince Young, and he said no. Uh, what do you think of that? Um, In that sense, the way you just described it, uh, once Reggie Bush was stripped of it, I don't think I would have accepted it either because it was kind of already given to him, and you know that in the back of your mind. Um, I don't think – I. I don't know. I don't think it was truly Vince Young's. And I think he would have felt like that if he were to get it. I think um, it should have been his from the get go. And that would have been a different story. But no, I understand completely where he's coming from if he said no to that. I mean, yeah, there's there's a part of me that would say he should have he should have taken it, you know, because that's an honor, you know, being the Heisman. But at the same time, you're right. He didn't win it, but he should have won it. Right. Uh, Reggie Bush was an electric and dynamic player for USC during those early 2000 seasons where they won, they were in, I think it was, they won back-to-back national championships. They were going for a third straight against Texas. Texas was the underdog. But if you really paid attention, Vince Young was the best player in college football. I agree. But you know what actually sticks out to me most is, I don't know if this was a young stock process when he was asked about uh, the Heisman at the time, but I think he uh, overall got what he wanted most in the national championship win that year. So I think he would take that over winning the Heisman any day. I mean, yeah, if, if you're, if you're talking about, you know, why you play the game, right. Right. And that's, and that's the win. Right. And that's the, that's your ultimate goal in college football, um, any and every season. And, Obviously, it's what uh, the players strive for and play for. And I don't know, I would obviously, and I think you would too, rather win the national championship over uh, winning the Heisman. And obviously, you can become very lucky like uh, Joe Burrow did and players like that. But um, that's very, very rare. And I just think that um, I would have probably turned it down too just because Reggie Bush had already earned that. Um, He had his presentation, things like that. So it wouldn't truly feel like Vince Young's, even if he did accept it. Yeah, it's just like one of those like, backhanded compliments kind of yeah you know it's it's like, like oh you didn't win but you're the runner-up you're the first loser I don't know. <laughs> you're the first loser <laughs> yeah you know that that's hard for me and and, and I agree 100 percent with his decision but at the same time I also would kind of like to have that trophy in my trophy case so I mean I can yeah, see it both true. ways but mm-hmm. I but I think that he made the right decision by turning it down but on the topic of the Heisman trophy is there a player this year that you think could be a surprise Heisman Trophy candidate? Hmm, on uh, the Longhorns or just in general on college football? I mean, this is the Locked on Longhorns podcast, am I right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, um, I mean, not necessarily because it would have to – I mean, obviously it goes to, 
typically a quarterback or a running back. And I think the running backs are going to be splitting too much time to really have someone break out like that. Um, and we all know Ellinger is not that surprising in terms of potentially being a Heisman candidate. Uh, he would obviously have to have a very, very, very impressive season and probably make the college football playoffs before he's considered for that because uh, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I think, are far and away the two front runners. But no, I don't think anyone else, at least on Texas's roster, would necessarily uh, come out and surprise me just because it, they have so many weapons and will be splitting time and things like that. Do you know that the last time a defensive player won the Heisman was 1997? Wow, it's been a while. And that that's a pure defensive player. You know, normally it's it's a guy who kind of is a two-way player, typically. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who maybe plays cornerback or wide receiver, too. But, yeah, it was uh, it's actually been since that long, since a defensive player won the Heisman. Uh, and and I'm, I am for changing the name of the Heisman to the, so Heisman, to the Heisman quarterback trophy. Yeah, it pretty much always is. It, it always mean, is. I would be actually – um, a content, I guess, even if Ellinger just got an invite to the Heisman Trophy ceremony, I think that would be uh, pretty cool, I guess, in terms of Texas and uh, Ellinger, because it's been a while, obviously, for that. But um, I don't necessarily think Ellinger uh, would win it. Um, I don't know. I, it just seems like Trevor Lawrence will probably uh, take that, unless for some reason he has a down year. But I think it'd be really cool if Ellinger got invited. Yeah, the, the Longhorns haven't had a Heisman Trophy invite since 2008. I want to say, mm-hmm. oh McCoy, yeah. um, and then the last time that they actually won the Heisman was 1998 with Ricky Williams. Before that, I believe it was 1970 with Earl Campbell. Oof. In that in that area, I don't I don't remember the exact year, but I know Earl Campbell was the first to win it, and then obviously Ricky Williams. But you know, if it if it for a Longhorn to be in the conversation, I think you're right. They have to beat LSU. They have to beat Oklahoma. And they have to be – I think they have to win the Big 12 championship. Oh, for sure. I think they have to go to the college football playoffs, though, without a doubt. So, um, you're looking at maybe one, uh, maybe two losses on the year, which isn't easy to do. So, um, I think pretty much they have to come out of the first few weeks of the season defeating uh, LSU and Oklahoma. I agree with you, Harmson. All right, coming up next, we're going to dive into a little bit about MLB being back. What does that mean for other sports? And Anthony Cook kept his promise. What does that mean for the Longhorns moving forward? Tammy, did you hear that baseball is back? I did hear that, and it seems like it's coming back very fast because they don't really have much time to prepare, right? You're right. July 23rd to 24th is where they're expected to – actually have opening day mm-hmm. uh, but it sounds like according to new york times fans will not be allowed in attendance um you know i was hoping honestly that i don't think day. anyone's really worried about the fan attendance at this point i was kind of hoping that they would allow fan attendance because the governor said you can have up to 50 percent. i was hoping to get a ticket to go watch baseball because i wanted to go check out the texas rangers in that brand new stadium <laughs> I know, right? I just think it's a step-by-step process. So first, we need sports back in general. Um, We need things to go well with that the first couple of weeks. Um, I can see that maybe having like a trial period before you allow fans and things like that. But the NBA starts, I think, not uh, right about a week after uh, baseball does. So it'll feel like everything kind of is coming back at once. But we just got to hope and pray that it all goes smoothly and there's no no major spikes in terms of uh, teams and athletes and things like that. 
Um, but it's definitely promising. It is promising. Uh, and I'm excited about it because it's sports in general. Right. Um, and, and it's like that the thing that we've we've been saying for months, it seems like ever since March, you know, whoever is the first pro sports team or, you know, a huge sports league in America that, that kind of takes that dive and puts sports back, you know, in our lives. And I think the others will follow. And, you know, a lot, I have, I've had a lot of, I guess, reservations around sports returning this year, mostly because of all the COVID-19 positive tests, the surging cases in Texas. So, you know, I started to worry, I'm like, are we going to have football? Are we going to have right. sports? But when you see baseball, it's like, okay, July 23rd. So now we have a date. We know when it's starting. Yeah, uh, there's, there's July, at least something to look forward to. I think July 1st, they're going to start reporting to their spring training, training camps, give them a couple weeks to get ready for the season. And then they're going to play a 60 game season, uh, which is going to be make it a much easier sport to follow than the 162 that they normally play. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward uh, to a shortened season. The shortened season, yeah. Uh, so, so and now actually, we have the that. NBA they're doing that too. So NBA, I think they only right. have eight more games before playoffs start. So that's going to be intense. Right, but unlike unlike baseball, like basketball had already started their season. Yeah, right. And it kind of got you know shut down in the middle. Uh, now they're going to play eight games and then return. Uh, right. But did you hear that former? Longhorn Avery Bradley will not be playing. I was just about to mention that. I saw the news come out on Twitter uh, with the Lakers earlier today. So, yeah, that was that was interesting. And I think Dwight Howard has kind of been back and forth about playing, too. I'm not surprised at all with them saying that. But, you know, there's a lot of excitement. Sports is returning. And hopefully we'll get to see it sooner than later. Uh, Anthony Cook. He's a name that we've talked about. Lord. Roller coaster. Roller coaster. Tweeted out. He's not playing for Texas. And then the tweet di- disappears. He said, look, it's not about Texas. It's not about anything. You know, and then people were like, hey, mind your business. All that. Mm-hmm. Well, it came out yesterday. Inside Texas reported first that Anthony Cook is no longer with the program. And while Richardson of Orange Bloods tweeted out, that he is in the transfer portal. Uh, Max Olson of The Athletic actually confirmed that as well. Uh, Anthony Cook gone. Now, I know it's it's a little bit of a... Shock. A little bit of a shock. I mean, mean, it is a shock, I guess, but it's not. Yeah, I think it was a shock more so when he first tweeted out that than it was. Yes, I would agree that it was... And and the timing was not great because they had just met with... Uh, Chris Del Conte and the Jay Hartzell, the interim uh, president mm-hmm. of Texas, you know, so that came off the heels of that meeting. Um, you know, everything that I'd heard was it was a positive meeting and then he tweeted that out, but he is now gone. Um, not real sure where Anthony Cook goes next, uh, but we need to talk a little bit about the nickel cornerback position. Mm-hmm. Now losing Cook hurts. But it's not the end of the world for Texas because of all the people that they got behind him. The guys that I know we're both excited about is Chris Adamora. Yeah, and I think uh, this offseason, Adamora, who knows? He could have, if it was a competition between Cook and Adamora, he could have won the job. We don't know that for sure. 
But um, yeah, I think they have very, very talented depth at that position. Like we mentioned, everyone kind of um, is penciling in Adamora to fill Cook's spot if we were to win that role. But you also have Josh Thompson, Kenyatta Watson, um, some in- incoming freshmen. So uh, they have plenty of depth at that, that position and moving forward um, in the next couple of recruiting classes. So um, it's not a huge loss for them, but uh, I guess when you break it down, considering Cook's talent and whether um, any of these players that we just mentioned suffer injuries or things like that, that's when it kind of hurts them. But um, yeah, I think they're still in great shape. Yeah, they have uh, Kitten Crawford, the incoming freshman. He's a guy that I think uh, could be a dark horse. Uh, obviously, yeah. there's also Jade Barron. Um, if that name sounds familiar, he was the Baylor signee who asked out of his uh, LOI and came over to Texas. So, I mean, they, they have some guys there. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know Deshaun Jameson is going to be on the outside, so you don't have to worry about him. But, you know, they the nickel cornerback position is so important because typically you are covering their most explosive wide receiver. The slot right. receiver typically are very quick and fast. And so those are mm-hmm. guys that I look at, uh, you know, and you talk about uh, Adamora. Like, like I said, you, I honestly, I've had, you know, conversations with others and, and I kind of came to the conclusion that I thought Adamora was taking that job regardless. Yeah. I think I've heard uh, several, I guess, little uh, rumors on Twitter thinking he would kind of uh, break through and win that job. But I guess now it's more so kind of given to him or it's his job to lose in a sense. So, um, yeah, I think they're they're pretty excited about Adam Warren. I think um, it won't be any type of drop off or anything like that. I think he'll he'll do well. Yeah, I think it will. And it just goes to show you how well Texas has been recruiting lately. Uh, right. As far as the cornerback position, the defensive backs, we got it. Ishmael Ibrahim, uh, top is a uh, highly touted top tier corner. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's JD Coffee. Obviously, he's going to play safety. Uh, so you know they're getting those guys. But if you if you saw recently, ESPN updated their uh, ranking system, much like twenty four seven does, and and ESPN put theirs together. And Texas is ranked ninth. They jumped six spots. Yep, and they kind of it's. Right at what 27 sports did, 24, 27 sports, 24, 7 sports did as well. They, they bumped Texas up to the number one, number nine spot. I wish number one, number nine spot as well. So they're both at number nine on across the major recruiting networks, but um, that's another top 10 class for Herman. It maybe could increase some, maybe it could drop some by then, but um, I know there's a couple guys that they're still waiting to hear from that they've sent offers to three or four star players. But I think the majority of the 2021 class is blue chip players. So four or five star players. So it's obviously a strong class um, and they only have about 13 commits. So it's not a, a huge number, but it's just um, a high quality. Right, and you talk about the class that's being led by Jatavion Sanders, five-star athlete out of uh, Denton Ryan. I think, and I think we've all—I know he plays wide receiver as well, but I think we all know he's probably going to be a defensive end for Chris Ash's defense, and probably take over for Joseph Asai after he has a big season and goes to the NFL. Right. And I think it's kind of cool that him and Billy Bowman, his teammate, uh, kind of lead that class. And then um, you kind of have Jalen Milrow, that quarterback coming in, and he's kind of a good recruiter for Texas. He's all over Twitter trying to convince um, 
I guess, highly rated commitments to come towards Texas. So I think it's pretty cool. It's a fun recruiting class. It's obviously a very talented recruiting class. And so as long as player development can kind of uh, take the next step at Texas, I think they'll be set for the foreseeable future. I think they will as well. Um, So I know today we were actually going to do a fan interaction, fan questions. uh, But unfortunately, there were some other things that popped up that we needed to discuss. So what we're going to do on Friday, we're going to do a fan Friday. We're going to make the entire show about the fans. Ask us the questions. You can send your questions to me at Pat Sports Guy. Send them to Cami at Cami Ang, or send them to the show LO underscore Longhorns on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Just wherever you can find us, send us your questions, and we're going to make that entire show all about the fans and, and what they want to know about Texas athletics. That's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. Make sure you tune in to the Locked On NFL Draft show as well as the Locked On NFL show. They do a fantastic job. For Cami, I'm Patrick. We'll see you on Friday. Welcome. Awesome.